Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Going to share a message today that is not... Let me, I'll just apologize. Can I just apologize up front? It's a message that's not going to relate to very many of you, but um, it's hot off the press. You can always tell when it's hot off the press because I don't have time to do anything. There's my scribbled notes, and I just grab it and run. Some of these I scribbled. This was yesterday, birthed out of yesterday or over time. This message is not going to relate to very many of you, but the couple that it will. I hope that it helps, and I hope the rest of you will pretend to be interested in listening. Does that make sense? Um, I'm going to preach about today, help you if you feel stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed. Now, there's probably only about two of you in the room that this will relate to. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever felt stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed? 100% of everybody. How many of you are stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed right now? See, that hand went up really fast. I'm praying, yes, Lord, right there. Um, so at least half of you raised your hand on that one. The other half knows what it is to have been there, and they are so glad they're not at the moment. Um, but I think one of the things that's beautiful about the body of Christ and the way the Lord built it is that we help each other with the help that we've been helped with. Second Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks about that, how we go through things and God helps us. And then we turn around and take the help that we were helped with and help other people. So today, of course, I have never in my life been anxious, stressed, or overwhelmed. But I'm just going to make up a bunch of stuff. Um, All that I'm going to tell you today has been birthed out of my own times of stress, being overwhelmed and anxious. And um, I hope that it'll be... I hope that it'll be helpful for you. If you want to go ahead and turn, there's two portions of Scripture that we're going to go to today. The first one we're going to find in 1 Peter chapter 5, and the second one is going to come from Philippians chapter 4. I want to read a few things here just to gauge if you feel like or if if you may be there. And to one... Uh, extreme or another. Some of these may be light for you, some may be heavy, but do you feel like you are, you have been swallowed by a dark cloud and you just can't seem to get out of it? You don't know how to get out and it seems like this darkness is just taking your breath away, but you are there. Hopefully I'm going to be able to help you today. How many of you ever been to the beach? Been to the beach? You like to play in the waves? Yeah. Have you ever been out there in the waves when one knocks you down? And then you you got a mouthful of salt water. You come up only as soon as you get your head out of water for another one to smack you in the back of the head. 
How many of you been there? Yeah. And, and then you get up, and the first time you go under and you get a mouthful of sand, you come up the second time and you go under, and now you got your head scraped in the bottom of the sand. After about four times, you get really tired, exhausted. And this is where some people drown. So I'm just telling you, get out of the water if you feel like you're, <laughs> you're there. Um, have you ever felt like that in life? Like one problem after another after another just keeps smacking you in the back of the head and as soon as you get, you feel like I'm starting to breathe again, boom, something else hits you. Nobody, okay, that one didn't. <laughs> Unfocused and easily distracted. These are all symptoms I've had, so you know, I, I didn't get this from a book. This came from my life here. Um, unfocused and easily distracted. Anybody unfocused and easily distracted? Have you ever dealt with that? You, you're there now, aren't you? Right there, right in the middle of that, unfocused. But you're focusing pretty good because you heard what I just said. Yeah, some of them didn't even hear it because they're so unfocused and distracted. <laughs> there's, one, there's one back here watching a fly crawl on the back of a bald man's head, and they just like... Honey, look, that fly goes up and it slides down. Fly slides down. You're so easily distracted. I'm easily distracted because I just forgot about my sermon. I started talking about nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So, but you, you find yourself there. You find yourself so unfocused and you're trying to focus and you need to focus and you're having a hard time getting focused. This message may be helpful for you. If you had any trouble with your memory, You know what is funny? <laughs> what is funny is that memory thing used to be just old people. You know, those old people. Um, I used to see old people talk about memory, and I was like, my memory was like, yeah. And now, and I don't know if it's stress, I don't know if it's anxiety, I don't know if it's being overwhelmed, or I don't know if it's just my mind. I don't know what it is, but... You ever been in one room and you think about something that you need to do in another room and you walk into the room and about the time you get in, you wonder why you're there? And you stand there for five minutes trying to remember, trying your best to remember why you were there. Or you go and, and you're on your way to that place and so then while you're on your way, boom, distracted, unfocused, something hits your mind like, oh, oh, I need to get this. So you grab something out of a cabinet and by the time you've done that, you've missed the other thing, but now you've thought of something else that you need to do. And so by the time it's all over, you've been to the grocery store and you come home and the wife says, did you get the butter? And you say, I got everything but the butter. I got 12 things you didn't even ask me to get, but I forgot the butter. Why? Our minds we are so consumed right now with information. And most of the information that our minds are consumed with is useless information. I mean, I'm not telling you we don't need to be praying about stuff, we do. Uh, but if we don't be careful about what gets in here, we will get so overwhelmed and so stressed out and so anxious by what's happening outside those doors or even within our own life that we just won't be able to function. Do you dread nights? Do you dread when nighttime comes? You can't sleep. 
you, you sit in this place uh, at night in all the things that, that have you stressed out and the things you're worried about and the things you're anxious about just run over and over and over in your mind and you just can't get to sleep. And when you do doze off, you end up dreaming about some of those things that you can't get past in your head. Nights are rough because it's when you're alone. See, we can distract ourselves during the day, can't we? We can get around people, we can listen to stuff, but at night when you're alone, you're laying there alone, and suddenly your mind is ready for the enemy, and he just begins to attack. And you think about everything that everybody has ever said about you. Think about the situations that you're going in right now. You're thinking about why you're discouraged, why you're worried about what people think about you, worried about them talking about you, things you wish you had said in a conversation, people you wish you had told off, people you wish you hadn't told off. All of this stuff running through your mind over and over and over and over. I wish I'd thought about this when I was talking to him. I wish I'd thought about that. I wish I hadn't thought about that. I wish that had never even come to mind. Anybody ever been there? Nobody. You've got so much to do, but you're too overwhelmed to do it. All these classes, all the studying, all the stuff that's got to be done, but you're too overwhelmed. So you sit down to study and you can't think. And you sit down to study and you fall asleep because your body is tired, your body is exhausted, your body is worn out, but you can't get your mind to engage. And now you're more stressed out because you got an exam tomorrow or a test tomorrow or an expectation from a teacher or a boss tomorrow. And you know you're unprepared. And it's not because you don't want to be prepared, but you can't prepare because your mind just won't work. Anybody ever been there? Little things throw you off and put you into panic mode. Little things, things that would not ordinarily bother you. Little things that make you say little dirty words that ordinarily would not. Things that might happen ordinarily and you could laugh it off or things that might happen ordinarily and, and it would just like maybe put your emotions to here, but now it's making you say words you wouldn't normally ever say. I'm looking closely. Nobody's acknowledged that one. <laughs> little things. The weight of little things. Are you more irritable, angry, and easily, and easily, easily, or easily frustrated? <laughs> Can you not say your words correctly? You may be overwhelmed, stressed, and <laughs> um, now some of you are saying, "Bud, my husband must have been stressed out from day one because he's always been irritable, angry, and easily frustrated." or vice versa, but this is more so than usual. You're not an angry person, but you find yourself getting angry about things you don't ordinarily get angry about. You're not an irritable person for the most part, or if you are an irritable person, you're more irritable than you've ever been. Maybe if you're not irritable, you found yourself little things irritating you in ways that usually they wouldn't, you feel like you can't take one more thing, one more, the straw that broke the camel's back. 
just can't take one more thing. I feel like I'm just going to blow it. I want to escape. I want to run away. Have you ever thought that? And the thing is, is sometimes you just can't escape and you just can't run away. So the things I'm going to share with you are going to be things that I think will be helpful for you, things that we have to deal with from, from inside because we can't run away from all of our situations and all of our circumstances. If you do, you'll spend your entire life running on the run. And, and that is not a good life for anybody. When my family was put in witness protection some years ago, I'm kidding. <laughs> they moved us, the FBI moved us from one town to the other. We were always running and we get tired of running. I could have ran with that story. <laughs> well, it just came from a movie. A movie popped into my head. No, easily distracted. I was easily distracted. Um, I'm going to give you some things. Turn with me to, to uh, for, uh, second, first, first Peter, chapter 5. And I want, to, I want to read there, and then we're going to do the other one. Then I'm going to give you a list of things, about nine or ten things, that I think can be helpful for you. Look at um, chapter 5, verse 6. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 6. If you have a paper Bible, I think, I think God's calling us back to paper Bibles. How many of you feel that in your spirit? God's calling us back to using paper Bibles again. And God's calling us back to bringing them to church again and reading them at home again. Um, humble yourselves. When you hear that, what's the first thing that comes to mind? It's like, oh, my lands, here he goes. Why does he all the time, why is God all the time talking about humble yourself? We look at it as a negative thing sometimes, don't we? You know, somebody says, humble yourself. Don't your, doesn't your pride get in the way? <laughs> you know, if you say, would you be a little bit more humble, what happens? You don't humble yourself. Your pride kicks in. Who do you think you are? You're worse off than I am. Did she do that? You're not going to answer. It's a good man. <laughs> smart man, smart man. Humble yourselves. It's, it's interesting that he doesn't say, let me humble you. He says, humble yourselves. You make the choice. You choose to come to a place of humility in the presence of God. And when we choose to come to a place of humility, the beautiful thing is, watch this response. Humble yourselves, therefore, under, where are we going to humble ourselves to? Under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. We have to come to him in humility. Pride stands in the way. And sometimes pride keeps us in the place of stress and anxiety and being overwhelmed because we try to carry what we should not be carrying. He says, humble yourselves and in due time, there's a season, there's a moment. We have to go through stuff. But there's a moment that he's saying, I'm gonna lift you up out of that. So he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Throw it on him. Cast means to throw. 
Throw the weight of what you're going of what you're going through on him. Doesn't mean it's going to just go away. Doesn't mean that it's just going to immediately turn to roses. But it does mean that it begins with peace inside. Suddenly you find in the middle of all the chaos, there's a peace inside that you can't even explain sometimes. But that comes when we cast it on him. When we put ourselves, you humbly acknowledge, God, you're God, and I can't do this thing. It's too big for me. It's too heavy for me. I'm humbling myself before you. I'm admitting my inadequacy, and I'm putting myself under your hand. We're going to find out in a minute why under his hand is really good here. Sometimes we feel inadequate. And that begins to make us feel anxious. Have you ever felt like you were not a good dad? You were not a good husband? You were not a good uh, whatever at work? You ever felt like you were failing on every front? Do you know that the enemy is really good about constantly attacking our minds to make us feel inadequate? And then once he has made us feel inadequate, what does he do? He comes behind and then makes us begin to fear that other people will think we're inadequate. We're already convinced that we're inadequate. Now, even greater than that, and pride kicking in, I don't want anybody else to think I'm inadequate. I already feel it. It's hard enough for me to feel inadequate. But I can't handle anybody else feeling like I am, so I have to perform to perfection. Anybody ever been there? There was a dad that had two sons. Both sons wanted to please dad. Both sons wanted to make dad proud. Both sons wanted dad to, to feel good about them. They wanted dad to talk about them, you know, to other people. And so... This one son decides he's going to show his dad and his brother how strong he is. And so he goes out there into the yard and he says, Dad, watch this. And he goes out to pick up a big stone, but he can't pick it up. It's too heavy. And he's still, I want to move it. So he's trying to move it, but it's too heavy. And dad looks at him and says, son, will you let me help you carry? He said, no, I got it, dad. Watch me. And he keeps on trying. And the more he tries, the more frustrated he gets until the point that he's angry, but he doesn't even know why he's angry. And he's almost angry at the father because he's afraid the father doesn't understand his inability. Have you ever felt like God's mad at you because you just can't carry the load? Because you're failing at carrying the load? The father never even told him to pick it up. The father said, let me help you. But in his pride, he couldn't let it happen. All that some of you need today is just to lose the pride, humble yourself and say, God, I can't. It's too big. It's too heavy. And he says, I've been waiting for you to do that. Now just cast it on me. You're overwhelmed. Some like the other son. The father, there's a pile of, uh, a little pile of rocks over here, and the father gives the son a little bucket, and he says, I want you to go get a bucket full of rocks and bring them over here and dump them here. And so the son goes over, and he gets a bucket full of rocks, and he brings them, and he dumps them right here. But he's thinking, if one bucket will please the father, maybe if I go get more. 
And so he goes and gets another bucket and brings it, another bucket and brings it. Now he's beginning to feel overwhelmed. He's beginning to get weak. He's breaking down under the load of this. He's getting one bucket. Now he is getting angry at the father for putting so much on him because he's starting to break down with the process. So he comes to the father and obviously something's wrong. And the father says, my son, what is wrong? And he said, you put too much on me. I couldn't carry this. And now look at me. And the father said, son, I only ask you to take one bucket full. You chose to do all the others. I just asked for one bucket full. There's some of you trying to work so hard for God or for whomever you're doing so many different things. Your life is spread so thin and God has only asked you to do a couple of them. Pride keeps us sometimes doing so much because we care so much about what other people think. Is anybody tracking with me? The more I do, the more I do, just do what he said. You can't worry about what other people think. That'll destroy you. Be alert and sober mind. Now, this doesn't mean drunk on alcohol mind, though you don't want to do that either. But he says, be of sober mind, which means think right. Remember last week we talked about the the prodigal son who came to his senses? That's the mind you want. Come to your senses. Think right about a situation. He says, be alert and sober uh, of sober mind. Your enemy. Whose enemy? Your enemy. My enemy. Your enemy. Our enemy. The devil. As a roaring lion looking or prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour he wants to devour you he wants to listen to this resist him some of you are resisting god but you need to be resisting the enemy resist him standing firm in what the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering and the God of all grace who called you to the eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while with himself he'll restore you and make you strong firm steadfast to him be the power and the glory forever and I read past what what I had given them The enemy is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. How many of you understand that Jesus pulled the lion's teeth out? When Jesus died on the cross and he rose again on the third day, he pulled the lion's teeth out. He has no power over you, child of God. He has no power over you, but it doesn't keep him from looking like a lion and roaring like a lion. And when he comes up and gets in your face and begins to roar, you forget about teeth because the roar is scary. The only place there's safety is under the mighty hand of God. And the only way to get under the mighty hand of God, think about this, 
if God's hand is like this in this situation, you can be prideful and, and still get there. But to get under his hand, you got to get on your knees. Is anybody tracking with me? And when you get there, the enemy cannot get in. You are under, you are protected under the mighty hand of God. But you can't get under the mighty hand of God without getting on your knees. But man, it's a beautiful place to be when you get there. Look at Philippians. Y'all got to hurry. Look at Philippians. Y'all going to have to think faster. If you think faster, I can preach faster. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Well, good for you, Paul. I can't do it. Well, you know what? We're never asked of anything in Scripture to do anything in Scripture that God does not give us the ability to do. Are you with me? Be anxious, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, he's telling us, here's what you do. If you don't want to be anxious about anything, here's what you got to do. In every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Come in to the very presence of God. And when we come into his presence, we come in to pray. And we come in to thank him. And we come in bringing whatever it is that is weighting us down into his presence. And I love, the, listen to this, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. There is a peace that is supernatural that your mind and my mind cannot fathom. And there is a place, you've known people like this, and I have too, that should have been torn all to pieces. And their situation may be sometimes far worse than ours, and yet they're in, at this place of peace. And you're just sitting there thinking, that can't be real. They, they, they really can't be like that. Yes, there is a place when we come and bring it to the Lord, when we come and pray, when we come and throw it over onto Him, when we bring our petition to him, and then we begin to thank him for what we have. There is a place where peace comes that we cannot explain. And that's what your father wants for you. There's one more thing, and that is what we let into our minds affects whether we're stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed. And look what he said. So, Here's the last thing. You've prayed about this thing. You've brought it before the Lord. You've brought your petition before God. You've, you've been in thanksgiving and praise to him over this thing. Now what I want you to know is you can work your mind in the moment, but there's some things you've got to do to get this thing off on a good start. So he gives you this peace, but how do you keep the peace? So he says, finally, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received and heard from me, you've seen and do, put it into practice and the God of peace be with you. He said, be careful what goes in here. Because what you keep putting in here affects the rest of you. 
You got that one? Now, y'all got your pens ready, right? Here we go. Next hour, I'm going to go over the next 10 things. These are things, and, and again, I, you, can, you can get a lot of good stuff. Uh, this, this is just an overflow of, of, of my life and me sitting in the presence of the Lord in seasons of being overwhelmed and stressed uh, and anxious myself. So I'm just helping you with the help that I've been helped with. Make sense? Number one, get alone with God. Get alone with God, preferably in your peaceful place. For me, that is somewhere in nature. It's, it's, it's getting out in the woods. It's sitting by a river. It's sitting by a lake. And if I can't get there, it's out in my backyard around my gardens and my chickens. And there's just something about chickens that just make you, <laughs> takes it all away. <laughs> Especially when you're eating that chicken leg. And <laughs> Not my chicken's chicken leg, no. <laughs> no, it's the, the other person's chicken leg. Get alone, gotta get alone with God. How many of you are withdrawers? You, you tend to, when you get overwhelmed and you get stressed, one, two, three, you, four, give me five, five, six, seven, seven, give me eight, number nine, time, ten, let me have that. Forty-five, 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 forty-five,
You just want to withdraw. The problem is, is you get worse. But when you learn to withdraw into his, I still withdraw. But I have learned that when I withdraw, I, with, I withdraw into his presence. Because he's the only one that can help me carry the load. Or he's the only one that actually carries the load and teaches me how to walk in trust in that. Does that make sense? So you have to pull back. You have to withdraw, but withdraw into him, not within yourself. There's nothing in there that's helpful right now. When you're in this place, there's nothing in there that you're going to find that's helpful. And you can get all the affirmations in the world. When you're in this state, you can walk in, look in the mirror, you're beautiful. You're standing there looking in the mirror, I'm the most beautiful person, I'm powerful, I'm going to make it. I'm going to go out and take the world by the tail or whatever you take. I'm, you, you can do this, you're strong, you're beautiful, you're courageous. And then you walk out the door and it's like, who the heck was I just talking about? Because I'm none of those things. See, the world can help you with two things. The world can help you physically, and the world can even help you mentally or emotionally, but we are a triune being. Write this down. We're a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. The world can't help us on the spiritual side. And if we don't involve that part of us, we're not going to get the help we need. We're putting a Band-Aid on the situation. So now we've got to have this place where all three are being affected. The things that we've talked about, there are things you can do. We'll talk about a couple that you can do physically that's going to help. It makes a difference because we're, we're one being, but we're three parts. There are things that you can get to help your mind, and some of those things we've read and we've talked about. But there's some things that if you don't take this to a spiritual level, you will never find freedom. And I'm not telling you that once you overcome this season of being overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious, that it will never come back again. Learn in this season what to do the next time it comes up, right? So, number one, and this is what the Lord told me, write down everything that's making you feel overwhelmed. And then he didn't tell me to, he didn't tell me to tell you that. He told me that. In a season of this, I sat down with him and he said, write down everything that's making you feel overwhelmed. Well, you ever feel overwhelmed at the very thought of writing down everything <laughs> that makes you feel overwhelmed? But I started writing stuff down, <clears throat> and though I'm not going to share them with you, and if somebody steals this book, you may not see tomorrow. <laughs> but I've got a page, I've got two pages right here of stuff. You didn't see anything, did you? You couldn't read it. I got two pages of stuff that, that have made me feel stressed out, anxious, and overwhelmed. If you, if in you making that list, if you write a person's name, (laughs) 
Don't just write a name. Write down what it is about this person that is overwhelming you. Because if not, you're going to go straight to the jugular like they are the problem. But no, they're not the problem. It's a situation within your relationship that has become a problem, right? And just removing them, unless you learn to deal with this, is not going to fix it. So put it down. And I've got a couple names on my list. And everybody in here is wondering, <laughs> are you on it? The people who are visiting with us for the first time, they're saying, we ain't worried about it. We've never been here. We know we ain't got us on, or us on the list. Think about it like this. As you're writing down that list, you're looking at every one of those things. And you've got several things down. And then you hear the Lord say, now, which ones of them have you actually prayed about and turned over to me? And I looked over my list and I thought, well... I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm done for today, Lord. Because I actually, I literally looked over my list. I literally looked over my list and not one of them. And I know some of y'all are saying, <laughs> that man is leading us. I looked over my list and not one, I didn't tell you I hadn't prayed about some of them. But I hadn't turned them over. I hadn't cast them on him. I hadn't thrown them over on him in trust. When, when, here's how we throw. Here's how we throw. How many of you have ever seen a yo-yo? Anybody know what a yo-yo is? I don't know if this generation knows what a yo-yo is. Back in the day, that's what we played with was yo-yos, okay? And I was, I, you know, we, we did it to perfection. I mean, I could do all the little dog walking things and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But here's the, here's the thing. There's a string tied to it. And no matter how you throw it, it always comes back. And that's how we throw things over onto the Lord. Like we throw it and then we pull it back. And we throw it and we pull it back. We throw it and we pull it back. And we throw it and we pull it back. Throw it, pull it back. There's a point where we all, if you have any relationship with God at all, there's a point that we all know when intimacy in your relationship has come to the point where you have truly released something to the Lord. We all know it. We feel it. And I sat down and I looked at these and I thought, why? Lord, I'm carrying this. I feel responsible here. So it means I feel like because I feel responsible and I've got a ton of responsibilities in my life because I feel responsible. I, I feel like if I'm not controlling the situation, I'm not being responsible. Has anybody else ever been there? And I have never been a person that I consider to be a control freak. Yet it's so subtle because my control was not a power control. My control was a feeling of responsibility and that if I didn't, if this didn't happen and this didn't happen and this didn't happen, then I felt like I was failing. And so you have to come to this place to where you let it go.
I'm not telling you it's easy, but I'm telling you that when you come to the Father and you sit down with your Father in this conversation and you say, I've been carrying this around. And Lord, I, I don't know what to do, but I know I can't carry this and I know I can't handle this and I know I can't fix this situation. So I have to turn it over to you. I release control. I love these people, but I, I release control because there's nothing I can do. And you let it go. Doesn't mean you don't care anymore. It means, you, it means you have found a place to truly care and put it into the hands of someone that can do something about it. Does that make sense? Right? The, the things that you have written down, turn them loose, give them to the Lord, and then you have to uh, praise him. Find a place where you can sit alone with God to do this, and after you've made the first list, make a second list. And the second list are, are the blessings. Because how many of you know that there's a moment when we forget all the blessings, when, the, when all the weight of, we feel like the weight of the world is coming down on us. And we forget bl the blessings. You can't seem to see them. Write them down. Write them down. This is a season. I'm not saying you have to do this every day. It wouldn't hurt you. But I am saying you got to have a moment when you, when you do this. If, if you get broken, something breaks your body, you go to the hospital, and you're going to be there a little bit while they fix you up. Well, let God fix you up like this. But I just don't have time. If you have a heart attack, you're going to have time or not. <laughs> Maybe zero time. Don't wait until you have a heart attack and somebody makes you have some downtime. Create some downtime. Get your husband and your wife to babysit it. I know how hard that is. I know. I have children. I watch them. When you've got four kids and two kids and kids are everywhere, you can't just walk out into the woods and leave them in there by themselves. So you got to be creative and you got to find a way and you got to find a babysitter that you can trust which is really hard to find nowadays but you got to do something husband and wife maybe husband you say honey I got it today do you know the greatest thing that you could ever do for your wife is just to say I got the kids day and go let her spend a day with God just in, not in front of the television not not listening to a radio not listening to a sermon not even reading a book, just go spend one day in the presence of God, praying and talking to Him and doing the things that I'm talking to you about. And you find release, you find help. Praise Him for each one of the, the, the blessings and praising in all the other situations. Limit negative input. See, I wasn't built for negative. I've always been, since a child, I've always felt things so deeply in such a way that I, I don't really even understand sometimes. 
how and why, but I've always felt things so deeply. But with that comes this ability to just go south with it. But I've learned over the years in walking with the Lord that there's nothing there. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord and let him help you and then limit the negative input. I know you can't stop listening to the news forever. I know you can't stay off of all the social medias forever. You could, but you won't. I know, but maybe you need just a week. You would be surprised. You get off of Twitter and you get off of TikTok and you get off of uh, Facebook and you get off of Instagram and you get off all of those things where all the, the, the okay, Lord, I'm going to use this word and I know you understand, all the crap of the world seems to accumulate. All the dung. See, man. Of the world seems to accumulate in all those places, and yet we have all. Did I have my phone? Did I bring it in? I didn't bring it in. We have all acute. We see my have a phone. We have all. Hang with me. We have all what is called tech neck. Have you ever heard of it? It's a real thing. Text neck syndrome. You can read about it. Why do we have text neck? Muscles messed up in your neck. Your spine and the bones and all this stuff all messed up up here. People that, it's like, man, you're too young to be having surgery on your neck right now. You know why? Because of this. This is how we live our lives. We live our lives like this. With our heads dropped. And I read this article this morning. I wish I'd, I'd saved it. That tells you that by dropping your head, your head weighs a certain amount, maybe 20 pounds. But by doing it like this, it turns into 60 pounds of weight pulling on your spine and on your neck. It's a real thing. And people walk around like this. What's your passcode? I'm going to read some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whose was this? Yours? Thank you, sir. Sometimes we need to bow our heads, but we need to bow them in his presence to humble ourselves. And then when we come up out of that thing, the roaring lion walking about, we need to stand up strong. We need to stand up and be able to look him in the face. We need to move our eyes from here to there. We need to start looking, rather than looking at all the negative junk that's in this world, let's start to look up. I can't take a lot of negative, and here's what happens to me when I get so much. I will turn irritable and, and say things I wish I hadn't said sometimes. I can't do it. But you know what? You're not built for it either. You're not built for it either. Because the Spirit of God that lives inside of you says, you're looking at all the problems in the world. Don't forget, I'm still alive. Don't forget, I got up. I'm not in the grave anymore. I got up three days later. Start living and believing like I got up. I got up.
and I got up for you because I love you. That's what he's telling us. I got up for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can lift you up in due season. Cast your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. The enemy wants to destroy. We're not going to let him. We're not going to let him do it. I'm going to say this one, and everybody needs to do it, because i got to end with my last one, but it's exercise and learn how to breathe. I've never been a deep breather, so if you've ever gotten one of those phone calls, it wasn't me. But I have learned that breathing deeply is important to your body and getting the adequate oxygen into your body that helps run your circulatory system and everything else that's running in your body. And sometimes when you get to this place of a, have you ever thought you're having a panic attack? And the first thing that happens is you start having a hard time breathing. I've had those in my life. And all of a sudden it's like, can't, I feel like I'm smothering, I just can't breathe. Carl will say, breathe deep. Breathe. Breathe in the very breath of God. Breathe in the strength and the presence and the love of God. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Let the air in. Let Him in. Some of you need to start this morning just by breathing. You need to sit down in His presence. Lord, I trust. I want to start this moment out by trusting you. I trust you with this situation. I'll let go of that. Breathe in trust. And exhale the anxiety by casting it on him. I know some of y'all feel like you're in front of some guru right now. But it's real. But you can breathe all day long if you don't have him. The one thing that matters most and that's in your spirit is not there. For those of you, I want to pray and then we're going to sing. For those of you that came in here this morning and you felt overwhelmed and you felt so anxious and so stressed out, I'm not telling you that you're going to walk out of here and you're going to be completely free. What I am telling you is I just gave you tools. I just gave you the tools. Now you take those tools and go home and do them. Because if you don't do them, being here this morning did you no good. Did you hear me? If you don't go do them, your presence in this room 
did nothing but make you feel more anxious being in the midst of a crowd. Go do them. Release it. When it tries to come back on you, cast it back. When it tries to come back again, cast it back. You are in a unique season of your life. There's a lot going on for you. School, all the stuff that's going on in this world, friends who don't want to live anymore. Y'all got a ton of stuff going on. A crazy, crazy world out there where nobody knows who they are anymore. And so we think by, we, can, we can fix it our own way. No. Can't do it yourself. No matter what psychologist, no matter what psychiatrist, no matter what politician, no matter what preacher, no matter who it is, if they tell you that you can do it yourself, they're lying to you. You gotta have him. You gotta have him. So will you do it today? We just cast it on him. We're gonna sing. And as we're singing, I want to invite you to pray right where you're at. You can stand, you can close your eyes, you can think about some of these things on this list and you can just release them. You can invite the Lord into a place to make your, your intimacy there at a deeper level just to say, Lord, I can't even fathom doing these things without you and I've been away from you and I've done some things I shouldn't have. And so right now, I repent, I turn from those things. I invite you, Lord, just to be intimate, intimate with me again. I'm going to confess something before you all right now, so you know how human I am. My wife was gone to a ladies' retreat this week, and I backslid while she was gone. I bought a honey bun. <laughs> and I ate it. It was good, but it was so bad for me. But you know what? I thought maybe this will help. Because I was missing her. I was already just feeling a lot of stuff. And my old way of life was always to eat when I felt emotional celebrate with food, get depressed, food, get discouraged, food. It didn't help. Only Jesus. I love you, church. I love y'all. I love you all. Only Jesus. There's a lot out there but only Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring healing today. Lord, we believe that you're the healer. We believe that you're the deliverer. So we humble ourselves under your mighty hand right now. And we cast our cares on you because you care for us. 
And you said in due time you would lift us up. We don't know if this moment is the due time, but we trust you in the timing and we put ourselves before you in humility we put away pride and we embrace you in Jesus name thank you for joining us today if you've enjoyed listening be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week